This morning, at the conclusion of service, we're going to, going to baptize Vanya. Amen. In Jesus' name. So we're excited about that as well. Clap your hands and thank the Lord together. Praise God for what God is richly doing. Amen. Praise God. God is very, very good to us. Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Oh, the depths. These are exclamation points. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him? And it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For a few moments this morning, I want to talk to you about transcendence and imminence. Transcendence and imminence. Lord, we thank you and praise you for this day. Stand in awe of what you were able to do and recognize your power and ability. And so we give to you praise, thanksgiving, we worship you, we magnify you, and we're thankful for your word. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. In general, to say that God is transcendent is to say that he is exalted or that he is above or beyond us. He transcends. To say that he is imminent is to say that he is present in time and space, or that he is near to us. Thankful when I come into the house of the Lord that I can feel after him. If happily, he is not far from each and every one of us, and we can find him, amen, in the house of God when we worship him and we praise him because he is near to us. These terms talk about two facets of who God is. And Paul in Romans chapter 1 through chapter 11, he is describing Jewish history. He's talking about God's creation. He's talking about how that relates to the Jewish nation, the Hebrews, how that the Gentiles come into that picture. He's describing all of these things. And at the end of chapter number 11, he ends that discussion. And he says, all the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. God is amazing. And Paul ends this discussion in chapters 1 through 11 by talking about the depth of God's goodness. You will never mind the depths of how great God is. There will never be a place or a time or even an age where you say, I know everything there is to know about God because God is beyond us. This is why every single day is a new day. This is why we sing a new song because God every single day reveals something to us that we didn't see, didn't understand, didn't know because there is a depth to his power and his ability. You do not serve a limited God here in the house today, but you serve an unlimited God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You may think, I found, I've mined the depths, I've experienced 
experienced God in a great way. But I'm here to tell you there is more to God. Praise God. Every single day is an opportunity to say, God, open up a new horizon to me. Open up new vistas to me and reveal your power and your ability. I don't care if you're 80, 90, you could be 120. There are still things that God can reveal to you of his power and his ability. I wish in the house of God here today I had an apostolic with a voice that could say, I found him to be great. I found him to be good. But there is more to God that I'm pursuing because God is great. Hallelujah. There are no depths. You can't mind the depths of how good he is. Paul said, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. It's past finding out. So there is a transcendence to who God is. He is exalted. Psalm 57 and verse number 5, the psalmist said, Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. He's exalted. He transcends what is the normal state of affairs. He is the creator, and he stands above the creation. This is why we are not to worship the creation, but we're to worship the creator. I'm not worshiping the sun and the moon and the stars. I recognize that's a reflection of how great God is because God is the one that creates, but I can't get fixated on the creation because that's not God. God God is above the creation. That's earthly. That's material. And God is heavenly. And he is above the order of what is in the earth. Praise God. This is one of the reasons why the Hebrews were not to worship the gods of the nations around them. Because God was not a God of the moon, the sun God, and all of these other gods that they serve. That's creative things. you got to get beyond the creative things to get to the creator because God is a God that is transcendent above everything in the earth. This is why Jesus, when he gave to us a pattern of prayer, he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, meaning that heaven needs to touch earth. If we come to the house of God and we're just here and there is just a service and we walk away with no move of God, We have just accomplished something on earth, and heaven has never touched earth. I'm thankful that living for God is an understanding that I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And yet at the same time, while I'm in the world, heaven can touch down where I am. When I experience a move of God's anointing, that tells me that heaven is touching on earth. When God performs a great miracle, it means that heaven is coming down and touching on earth. Praise God. I want to experience heaven on earth and a move of God on earth. I want to experience a transcendent God that is a God that is exalted. Psalm 97 and verse number 9, he said, For thou, Lord, art high above the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods because you're a God that is transcendent. 
You're a God that is exalted and you're a God that is above and you're a God that is beyond. He's also a God that dwells in the heavens. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 39, Know therefore this day and consider it in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in the heaven above and upon the earth beneath. There is none else. He's in the heaven above and upon the earth beneath. There is none else. Psalm 8 is a great passage of scripture that was a Bible quizzing passage says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him. When I consider everything that you have created and how awesome you are, I recognize the insignificance of humanity and how great you are because you're an exalted God. You dwell above. Psalm 113, verse number 5. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high? who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. He is enthroned on high. These verses reveal that God is above us. Not that we should be uncertain about him. Not that we should be skeptical, skeptical and have nothing to say about him. This was one of the things that happened in the Enlightenment era, coming out of the Middle Ages, and reason was proliferating, and humanity thought with reason and the mind, we could work things out for ourselves. and so God was like some absentee landlord. He was up there, he was created, but we have nothing really to say to him, and he has nothing really, anything to say to us. He's just out there somewhere. That's not the purpose of God's transcendence. Transcendence is not even a biblical word and neither is eminence. They're words that are used to describe how great God is and how God is in the midst of where we are. And so during the Enlightenment period, during the age of reason, God was just way out there somewhere. This is why you have to be very, very careful when you're talking about the founding of America. They were God-fearing. They were all of these things. They were. They believed in God, but not in the way that we believe in God. They viewed reason as more important than anything else. And they stripped a lot of value out of the scriptures. God was just up there somewhere, and he gave to us the ability, but we had to do things for ourselves. That has not worked out very well for us because morality fades to the background. Reason rises to the forefront. All kinds of things are created, destruction of the world, bombs and all kinds of stuff. And so recently you have seen a shift back to a more faith-based understanding of what God is and how he operates and how he connects with us. We were never to view God's transcendence as something that was so out there that it didn't tell us anything about God. 
As a matter of fact, Paul addressed this in Romans. Paul basically said this. When you look at the creation and you look at what is around you, it should tell you and testify to you of how great God is. We live in a fragile world, and yet we live in a created world. And God is the one that is the designer of that world. And so what he creates reveals who he is. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Here it is. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. The creation, says Paul, should reveal his eternal power and his Godhead. Amen. So that nobody could be without an excuse. Praise God. God is in control and God has authority. It is God that said there are no gods before me. And so it reveals his lordship over everything. God is the one that creates God is the one that is sovereign. God is the one that is transcendent. God is above everything. Amen. Praise God. You serve a great God in the house of God today. Amen. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Praise God. He's worthy to be worshipped because he is exalted. He's worthy to be magnified because he is Lord of everything, including creation and including you and me. You got breath to breathe because God gave you the ability to breathe. You got hands to clap unto the Lord because God gave you the ability to clap your hands unto the Lord. You have the faculties to worship God because God created you with the faculties to worship him. Hallelujah. If you've got faculties, <laughs> praise God. If you've got faculties in the house of God today, why don't you lift up your hands and lift up your voice and say, thank God. I'm here in the house of God today. Breath to breathe and the ability to magnify you. You're a transcendent God. Amen. You're a Lord of everything. Why don't we clap our hands and acknowledge his presence and his goodness. Praise God. His transcendence. Thank you, Jesus. He is in control, and there is authority in his hand and by his power. Amen. But not only is he transcendent. See, if you've got a God that is only transcendent, and he's Lord, and he's creator, he's all of those things, but he doesn't understand your condition, then you've got a major, major problem. Praise God. It's hard to worship a God that doesn't understand who you are and what you go through. And this is what imminence means. 
eminence means not only is God great, not only is he exalted, not only does he dwell in the heavens, not only is he the creator, but he is also eminent in your world and in your life. Ladies and gentlemen in the house of God here today, I want you to know something. That God that is transcendent said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. That's the eminence of God. Despite the fact that he is above everything, he's also in everything. And he desires to be in you. He desires to be imminent. Whatever your situation here in the house of God is today, there is a God that wants to be in the middle of the situation because he is imminent. Praise God. He's imminent. He is imminent. Exodus chapter 3, we see instances in the scripture where God reveals this. Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Oreb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And so Moses became very curious about this because the bush was not being consumed, and so he turned aside. And the Lord spoke to him out of that burning bush and said, Moses, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. And then began to tell him of what his assignment was going to be. I want you to go back to Egypt. I want you to lead the, the Hebrews out of Egyptian bondage. Uh, I'm calling them out for a people. And Moses, on the backside of the desert, standing at Mount Horeb, said unto the Lord, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel... And shall say unto him, the God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Moses was looking for transcendence. He was looking for credibility. When, when George Bush was the president and they wanted to ding George Bush, the media did. They said George Bush doesn't have any gravitas. And everybody repeated it because they're all the same. So everybody was saying he doesn't have gravitas. And all of a sudden, gravitas became part of the vernacular. Gravitas means credibility. Gravitas means authority. Gravitas means a certain transcendence of knowing that somebody can operate on a realm and level that is beyond what is normal and can see the bigger picture. That is what transcendence is. So Moses, when he's standing here at the burning bush, and he, he's, he's wanting some credibility, all right? I'm on the backside of a desert. I'm insecure. I don't feel like I can speak. I'm not the guy that you should call to do this. And so I need something that is powerful so that when I go back and stand in the courts of Pharaoh, this is a huge political environment, circumstance. If I'm going to stand in the midst of the ruler of the world and tell him that someone has sent me, who do I say sent me? Because I want a name. I want something that is powerful and authoritative. I want something that is transcendent, that gives me authority, that gives me the ability to have confidence. And God says, when you go to Pharaoh, you tell Pharaoh the I am that I am sent you. 
That's not a name. That's not a personal name. But it is something that God wants to suggest. Moses, I'm not giving you my name. The name of the Lord was very respected to the point where they wouldn't even repeat it in the Old Testament. So I'm not giving you a personal name. But I am giving you this. The I am that I am is going to go with you and is going to be with you. So while you don't have a name, you got a presence that is with you. This is a transcendent God that shows himself to be imminent in the affairs of Moses and the world. Moses, I'm going to be faithful. When you step into that palace, just know that God is with you. Praise God. Hallelujah. When you call forth the plagues, know this, that God is with you. I'm going to be faithful in your situation and in your circumstance. I'm going to be the I am. That says something. And Moses understood that very quickly. I may not have a name, but there is a God that is with me that is faithful to me. He's going to lead this people out of Egypt. He's going to lead us across the Red Sea. He's going to lead us to a promised land. He's faithful, and he's going to be imminent in my situation. Praise God. And so the I am was with Moses. In 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse number 27, when Solomon built the temple and he was dedicating it and he was praying, he said this, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have builded. Solomon said, God, you, you, you transcendent above a temple. Something that my father prepared, gave me the materials. I fashioned it, made it. I've built it. This is the dedication. God, you're, you, are, you are beyond just a simple building. You cannot be contained by the heaven and the heaven of heavens because you are sovereign, because you are exalted. Amen. And so he made that statement. The presence of God moves into that place. And there is a move and a power of God. It is in the New Testament where Jesus is speaking to the Jews. And he says unto them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said 40 and 6 years was this temple in building. Will you rear it up in three days? Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. Amen. When therefore he was risen from the dead, the disciples remembered that he had said this unto them. Solomon said, I don't have a name. Moses had a presence, and the presence of God is dwelling in this temple. But when Jesus came, Jesus said to them, you destroy this temple, and in three days I will build it up. He was talking about himself. Jesus even said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 6, but I say unto you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. It's not in a building, but it's in a body. It's in a body, meaning that a transcendent God whose presence could fill a temple is the same transcendent God that is imminent in the body of Jesus Christ. And there is one that is greater than the temple. And it was found in Jesus himself. The prophet Isaiah prophesied about this and said it this way in chapter 7 and verse number 14. 
14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, we find out. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. That's an amazing statement. It's not God out there somewhere. It is God with us. It's not God the absentee landlord that is afar off, but it is God with us in the form of Jesus Christ. The transcendent God became the eminent God. Praise God. The sovereign God became the one who was in flesh. It was in Jesus. Jesus, there was a power in him. It's all in him. And he is a God that is with us. He is a God that is great in who and what he does. And he is a God great within us. His intention is to be with us. His intention is to be in us. If you're in a fiery furnace, God wants to be in the fiery furnace. And someone said amen. Praise God. If you're facing giants, there is a God that wants to walk with you. David said, you come to me with spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. What do I got with me? I've got a transcendent God that is all powerful and he's walking with me and he's imminent in my situation and he will take you out. Whatever giant you're facing, there is a God that wants to walk with you in that scenario. Praise God. If you're facing challenges this morning through stormy seas, Lord, do you not see that we perish? And Jesus steps out and says, peace be still. It's a God that is imminent in your situation. Praise God is in your situation. When you're facing death, and turmoil, there is a God that says, this life is not all there is, but I have come to offer eternal life. Amen. When a God wants to usher you into a land of promise, there is a God that is not only standing by the wayside, but he's also right in the middle of the land of promise and the blessings that he has called in your life. I want to preach just for a moment on that point right there. If you're in the house of God today, God wants to take you somewhere. Amen. He's taking you into a land of promise. Whatever it is, praise God. God's wanting to take you from where you are, and he's wanting to expand your territory and your borders and show favor and grace upon you. I'm tired of individuals that don't believe that children of God should be blessed. We should be blessed people because we serve a transcendent God that wants to bless us. God wants to bless your finances. Praise God. Don't give me this stuff that just because we're apostolic, we have to walk around being poor and every and destitute. That's absolutely a lie from the pit of hell. God wants to bless you. God wants to pour out his favor upon you. He wants to expand your business. He wants finances to come to you, success to come to you. 
Praise God. You need to pick your head up and say, the favor of the Lord is upon me. The promise of God is in my life, and I'm stepping in to that territory that God has promised me. Praise God. God wants to bless. He's a transcendent God, and he can provide everything that you need. God, everything that you need, God can provide it. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Oh, I feel faith rising in this place today. You might have come into this house feeling a little destitute and down, but the Holy Ghost is in this place to encourage somebody. If you're looking for a source, he's the source. If you're looking for somebody to provide, he's the one that can provide. can he do it, but he wants to do it in your world and in your life. Praise God. You put forth a little effort. God will always do what God does if you do what you need to do. Praise God. I'm convinced, even in this house today, if we worship like we're supposed to worship, God responds like he always responds. If there's a miracle that needs to take place, you got to do something to involve yourself in the miracle. Praise God. Well, there was just nothing happening this morning. There was no move of God. Nothing was happening. How about you draw a, a circle around yourself and say, I'm going to get in the middle of the move of God. Praise God. I'm going to make it happen because God is a God that is transcendent. Praise God. I, listen, I believe that God wants to save people and he wants to bless them and expand their territory. You can think, you can think I'm not. When I stand up here and say, Frank, I believe one of these days you're going to be operating in a sphere that we would never have imagined and you yourself would have never imagined. How does a guy go from pushing up a shopping cart back into the, into the line, in the queue, end up turning into somebody that's in a department and is working his way up? You know why? Because God wants to do that. He's a transcendent God and he wants to Bless people. We, we need to get we need to get away from this mentality that we're just on the other side of the tracks and poor me and oh me. No, God's gonna bless. There are people in this church, He's gonna bless their companies, He's gonna expand them, and then they're going to be used of God, and their finances is going to be used of God. He's going to expand the capacity of who they are and their occupation to be used in a community to give witness to the glory of God. You need to get your head up and say, God, I want you to get out. I want you to get me out of this depression and this woe is me and all this other stuff I've been carrying around. And I want you to open my eyes to see where you really want to take me and how you really want to bless me. God works in that business because he's got everything. He's transcendent and he's imminent. He wants to be in everything. And so he wants to bless you and be involved in your life.
I got about 50% of you convinced, and the rest of you, you're on the sideline this morning. Brother Brock, every time I go by that building, what's it called? Something County Services. Public Works Building. Every time I go by that building, it makes me happy to know that at one point, there was Danny McAllister in that building that was all the way at the top. And it makes me really happy to know that Brother Brock is in the same building all the way at the top. Praise God. Moving all the way to the top. You know why? Because God knows how to take what looked like. No way. Praise God. Your mom's not here today, but your brother is. Both of you boys, how in the world do you ever, how did you ever get to where you are? It's because of the mercy of God. Praise God. It's because of God's goodness in your life and the fact that you said God's got something better for me. I'm not just going to take everything that has been thrown at me. I'm not going to live in that world. God's going to be in my life and he's going to use me. How does that happen? That's a transcendent God that becomes imminent in the lives of individuals and promotes them and elevates them for the kingdom of God. Amen. Not for your own success, but for the kingdom of God. How did you get here? It was only by the mercy of God. <laughs> How are you this successful? Well, if it wasn't for the mercy and grace of God, I don't know where I would be. I just put in a little elbow grease, studied a little bit, tried to do the best that I could do, and God elevated me. God. Chris, good to see you in the house of God this morning. I'm so happy that you're here. Dr. Chris Boyd. That makes me proud. Brother Randy Newton gave two hand claps. Everybody else just, huh? Clap your hands. That's Dr. Chris Boyd. <laughs> we need doctors. We need lawyers. We need educators. We need workers. We need everybody in the house of God that is being blessed of God, that is doing a work for God, that God's transcendence is providing. Brother Rob, you came to this church riding a bicycle and went to work for some company, and then they realized, wait a minute, this guy is a rock star. How did you get there? Hard work, effort, faithfulness to the house of God, and God has elevated you and promoted you to where you are today. That is a miracle because a transcendent God becomes imminent in the life of somebody. Hallelujah. I want you to pray right now. If it's not happening in your world, I want you to pray, God, make it happen. It's going to happen. Hallelujah. I'm moving toward it. You're taking, I'm taking the necessary steps, and God's blessing is going to come. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Musicians, would you come this morning? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus said, I am the same I am that spoke to Moses from a burning bush. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. We'll be happy if you'll just show us the Father. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. 
And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? You're looking at the Father. The transcendent God that was a spirit that could not be seen is now imminent in the body of Jesus Christ. The Father is in me. And when you look on me, you are looking at the Father. He said, I and my Father are one. The Jews picked up stones to stone him. And they wanted to stone him, not for the good works, but they wanted to stone him because of blasphemy, because he said, you being a man maketh yourself God. Jesus was saying, I am the transcendent God in the imminent here with you right now form standing in front of you. Praise God. The Jews didn't like that. The religious leaders didn't like that. They said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Our father is father Abraham. Jesus said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you before Abraham was, I am. I, I'm before. I'm above. I'm sovereign, exalted. I was before Abraham. You're thinking incorrectly. Before Abraham was, I am. The transcendent God becomes the intimate God. Hallelujah. That walks among us. Praise God. Thomas said at the end of John's gospel, he said, my Lord and my God. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of every creature. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers, all things were created by him and for him. Jesus is the epitome of everything that is transcendent, and he is among us. But here's what's exciting this morning, not only does he want to be with us in physical form, but his spirit wants to be in us. One God and Father of all, who's above all, who's through all, and who is in you all. Praise God, we need to stand to our feet in the house of God this morning. Hallelujah, that transcendent God that is so great, that is exalted, is also the God that wants to be in the midst <laughs> Praise God for a few moments this morning the altar call is going to be this wherever I am God I want you to be in the midst of what's going on in my world and in my life because I know that you're transcendent I know you got everything that I need Praise God but let that transcendence seep down into where I am and where I'm living and be in the imminence of where I am in my life Praise God for a few moments this morning. Let's step out of a pew and let's walk to a front and let's lift our hands and let's pray and let's expect God to do miracle signs and wonders. You need healing in your body? There is a God that is able to provide it. He's not only out there somewhere transcendent, but he's a God that is imminent in your situation. We need to pray for the healing and power of God. He is wonderful. He is counselor. You need counsel in the house of God. There is a counselor. Praise God. Amen. That has the answer that you're looking for. Has the answer that you need. Praise God. He can be in your situation in the house of God today. He's wonderful. He's counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. Praise God. God, if you've got peace, I'm standing before you in the house of God today with uplifted hands. I need the peace of God to touch my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Praise God. Come on, lift up your voice and praise him together. Lord, we praise you and thank you. Be a provider, Lord. Be a strength to me in the house of God today.
Praise God, praise God. Why don't you lift up your hands together? Precious received the Holy Ghost in the Libby Center some time ago, and she came back today, and the Holy Ghost has touched her in a powerful way. Praise God. We need to thank God for that. Hallelujah. We need to thank God for that. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Last week, last week, last week, Esther, Esther's the grandma, Sarah is the mom. They were here last week in church, and the Holy Ghost touched down in their life. And this morning, Natalie is with them. Brother Maximilian, I want you to come and testify about what has transpired in their, their life in a week's time. In, yeah, in six days. So just to give you a little understanding of what I do. So I work in mental health. I've worked with adoption agencies. I've worked with uh, social workers. Um, and it is a very, very, very difficult situation when CPS takes a child away to get that child back very quickly. Okay. I have worked with parents and I've worked with social workers and there is a very, very low percentage for kids to come back unless there are radical changes in the household. Sarah told me that there was about a 5% chance, the lawyer said that there was about a 5% chance that she'd be able to get her child back, number one. Two, she got the child back in six days, which is unfathomable. Three, Esther had three heart attacks in three days. She's here today. The baby is home. Everybody's safe. Everything's working. It was 5% and God pushed it to make up the other 95%. Don't tell me that God's not able to make a way. Don't tell me that things are impossible. Don't tell me that they, come on, I think that we should just throw our hands up right here, right now. But if not, God can do it 
and we trust that God can do it. But if he doesn't do it, what are we going to do? And if he doesn't do it, we're still going to praise God. So she said, when I went to the courthouse, if it be so, but if not, God can do it. But if he doesn't, praise God. If he doesn't, I'm going to praise him because it was a God thing. And if he doesn't, I'm still going to praise him. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. And this morning, we're going to baptize Vanya. Vanya came last week as well. study. Sister Marianne gave her a Bible study, and she said, I want to be baptized on Sunday. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's doing great things. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's pray together for her. Savior, we thank you and praise you. Know that you're a great God. I pray that you would lead this life. I pray that you would touch Vanya's life and you would take her to heights that are not imagined probably in her own mind. You're a God that expands territory in our life. You take us where we never thought we would be able to go. You reach out to us and respond to us while we were yet sinners. You died for the ungodly. So we give to you thanks and we praise you. We ask that your anointing and your power and your ability would touch her life. Use her in the kingdom of God from this day forward as we recognize what baptism so richly does. It strips away the power of sin. Praise God. It removes every barrier and obstacle and hardness that is around the heart and your name is applied and your blood is applied every sin that has been committed in her life going all the way back to the very beginning you're a God that cleanses and washes and renews praise God come on somebody thank God hallelujah praise God we thank you for your name we thank you for your power we thank you for your ability praise God praise God praise God Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Vanya Gutierrez, we baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin.
Lord. If you've not met Precious, this is Precious. And what God did in the house of God today has been Precious. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. What an anointing in the house of God we feel today. Praise God. I'm expecting great things tonight. Invite somebody. It's be there. We're going to have a great service. We're going to go across the way. There's a meal prepared. We're going to fellowship. We're going to have a great celebration. So bring somebody to the house of God tonight. God bless you. We'll be here at 530 for prayer. Service starts at 6. Amen. Have a great day and let the Holy Ghost be with you and go with you today. Amen. In Jesus' name.